You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Everybody, welcome to Red Wings Rant, where tirades and a passion pleas for your Detroit Red Wings finally have a home. You are going to notice, because I don't know how to work StreamYard yet, apparently, our guest is aboard. Uh, but real quick, thanks everybody for joining Red Wings Rant. Uh, of course, we're going to kind of jump off our conversation from last week where you guys saw us morning live, the <laughs> losing of the draft lottery yet again. Um We've calmed down since, and we've brought a friend aboard, Jake Rivard. You say, you say you guys, calm no, down. I think we're. I think you mean we're numb. It's a. It's a different word you're looking for, Matt. <laughs> I I have since calmed down because we've we've gone over some of the prospects the last few weeks. We'll go over a couple more today, and there's been some announcements from some of uh, our division rivals that that maybe there's some juicy trade opportunities out there that we can talk about and maybe we don't have to worry about drafting five players in the first 43 picks and instead uh you know we can maybe we'll let the leafs have a couple of those who knows we'll get there uh we'll talk about if that makes sense but again uh i don't you guys can't see uh the at rivard i gotta pulled out our, our overlay there i can't uh take into account having a third screen on here but jake Thank you so much for coming aboard. Uh, the last time you were here on our show, I don't know what it is. The Jake Rivard magic. Our live viewers just <laughs> spiked. Uh, so it's been too long, at least from an analytics perspective. Uh, but from a, I love your takes. I love talking to you. It has also been way too long. Jake, how are you doing today? Well, it's nice to know at least one person loves my takes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing pretty well. I got this nice, like, romantic sunset going on, right? You know, on the reflection. Um, I I kind of feel like Charlie Brown with the football when it comes to this, like, wings draft. Uh, so, you know, um, every time I get, I get my hopes up every year, and every year I'm let down. Um, how about uh, just, I mean, Brother Mike over here, as you guys can see on YouTube, uh, also a pist huge Pistons fan, huge letdown, which I didn't realize how bad – you could fall actually until yesterday. Uh, how and how much it could hurt. Yeah, this is a uh, three-player draft, and uh, we're drafting at number five. So very exciting <laughs> upcoming year for the Pistons. Can't wait for that. And uh, yeah, the night of similar event, we had uh, the office-themed Happy Box Sad Box, where if things went well, we'd open Happy Box, and uh, we opened Sad Box. So not good. And uh, yeah, I, I don't. I don't think I've yelled the F word that loud since uh, about a week ago. So I've set oh, two new records uh, for myself. Record time. <laughs> yeah. So that, um, I know this is a Red Wings podcast, but did they roll that out like the same way they did the uh, the hockey? Yeah, pretty, pretty similar uh, presentation. Um, all the sad teams uh, went before the commercial break. And so uh, they did number six. They did number five. We yelled fuck. <laughs> And then they went to commercial so we could black out together. And then Did, they uh, revealed the top four. You know what I think it, is interesting is, you know, there there's a huge writer strike going on in Hollywood right now. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, it didn't seem to affect the NBA or the NHL, who just so happened to have two 
huge market teams that are struggling right now <laughs> happen to both secure generational talents. What a crazy coincidence. Who would have ever guessed? You know, to that point, I was curious, Mike, did uh, did Kevin Weeks join the broadcast and announce uh, movement of the Detroit Pistons to the number five it, pick before it was, it was actually... <laughs> <laughs> um, he actually did it, uh, must have been like... Uh, I think like eight years ago when uh, Tim Duncan retired and they said, don't worry when the next one comes around, we got gotcha. you. And sure enough, uh, you know, the Spurs are hooked up, but you know, jokes on the Blackhawks and the Spurs, cause they're not going to be in the lottery for the next 15 years. Suckers <laughs> in their faces. So. Uh, real quick. Uh, we do want to say hello to uh, Jared. Jared noticed uh, that Jake, your name for a moment was Raycon. Uh, Chewy's aboard. Chewy, what's going on? Craig, how are you doing? Good to see everybody aboard so early. Of course, uh, we don't get Jake here that often. So if you guys have special questions for Jake that often, special questions. How many years have we <laughs> been doing this? We have guests like twice a year. Um, <laughs> all right. So it is sad for all Detroit sports right now. So we'll, I don't know. I titled the, this episode, this live stream, Red Wings Lose the Draft Lottery Again. So I didn't really set us up for like a half an episode here. But um, there's things. It's not that, yeah, it's not that big of a bummer. I mean, it is a bummer. But uh, I guess what I mean is we can still find other things to talk about because now we kind of have a direction for the team, right? Now we kind of know what kind of guys are going to be available at our draft spot. Ooh. And you kind of figure out if it's a pick you want to keep, if it's a pick you want to trade away. Um, well, but, uh, I I wanted to bring this up. This is something that uh, friend friend of the friend of the show, uh, Prashant Thayer, put together. Um, I stole this straight from his Twitter account, and um, this could highlight a couple things for you guys. One, uh, and for any of the podcast listeners, what we're looking at is Prashant put together. Uh, as he does, another beautiful hockey visual for all of the different mock drafts that are out there and the different possibilities that people have put together at all these different spots. So we we talked early, you know, weeks ago. Why did we want to land number one and number two besides the obvious reasons? Well, you could see everybody in their mock draft has Bedard and Fantilli. It would have been a nice, easy podcast for the next couple of months. That would have been great. Just putting together different rosters. You know, if we had the two pick, we'd have that one weird episode where we'd be like, well, what do we need to put together to you know, get Bedard? You know, do we give him Larkin and Ray? All that's gone. All those fun episodes are gone. But what we do have, and again, if you're on YouTube, you can see it. If you're on the podcast, what you're missing is just how many different takes there are. And I would say this, the spot that we're at, of course, we aren't getting the talent level of Bedard and Fantilli. And I wonder if you guys see this too in this this graph. But I think I would say there's a lot of good opportunity here. We're we're in a position now where any of these guys after draft day, I don't think you could really be upset with anybody. I think there's wins you can get. There's some fun opportunities here with some guys dropping, but I don't think you can you can't really you can't fuck it up. There's one name that I have my eyes set on. And I'm wondering if he's going to drop because of where he's from. Mitchkov? Matvey Mitchkov. Yeah, my guy. Yeah. I think he is the closest thing to Connor Bedard in this draft. I think he has the potential to be better. But 
given the political climate of Russia and how a lot of people are currently perceiving Russian prospects, um, it makes me wonder if, one, he's going to drop, and two, if he's going to make it to the U.S. at all. I'm leaning more towards he's going to make it to the U.S. and that it'd be stupid of you to not, you know, take a swing for him. Because if he does and he winds up working out, I mean, there's your generational talent right there. There's the star scoring that you're missing out on. Absolutely. And it, Mr. 2026 himself, uh, I believe that's when his contract runs out over in uh, the KHL. And those things but, can be bought out, too. I mean, like, uh, I think Kirill yeah. Kaprizov's contract ended early so that he could make his way out to the U.S. So anything there, can happen. There's definitely those opportunities. I, um, I will say. I would hesitate. I wouldn't jump at it. I think if that happened and Mitchkoff dropped to nine, my oh, first man. instinct would be to see if anybody a little bit further back wanted to give us some more draft picks. Nah, I'd jump all over that too. Because be- at nine and 10, you are, you're able to kind of take risks um, for upside, you know, for ceilings. And for a team that has two first round picks, uh, yeah, go ahead and gamble on what might be the best player on the draft at number nine. And not- yeah, we'll, we'll flesh out our, you know, bottom six and, you know, 2028 with the other first round pick. So yeah, I think you absolutely take a swing at Mitch Koff. Um, and not I'm, to mention just, yeah. like the fact that we already have a reputation. I mean, the Red Wings already have a reputation for sneaking Russian players out of Russia. I mean, that's true. Sergey Fedorov. Gotta- I mean, this is, this is just a repeat of the cycle, you know, we got to get Keith Gabe on the phone. Get him back to work. (laughs) We need you to bring your big suitcase. Keith, your country needs you. (laughs) Uh, Jim Johnson throw it in there. Chicago should not have been allowed the first round pick due to Kyle Beach situation. Um, And also throws in a hey, boys. What's going on, Jim? No, I mean, priorities are set for Jim. Uh, The more, uh, you know, important comment has been made. Uh, So priorities then say hello i i agree with you here jim um i don't know how deep we want to get into this because this take has been already talked about the last week and a half um we've already been sad about it and obviously this is something like i mean what are what are the comparisons that are out there the coyotes did practice uh when they Mm -hmm. shouldn't have been doing practice and lose first round devils lost lost a pick for an Ilya kovalchuk contract that was legal right the, at most, the Blackhawks had to pay a $2 million fine, which they immediately made up in ticket sales when Bedar, when they won the lottery. Um, and that was just one night, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that was them saying, hey, one night of Bedard, we got all this money back, but who knows what that number's at at this point. And, uh, of course, the jersey sales are going to be insane for this guy. I mean, this is, when you talk about generational talent, we're not, you know, this isn't... Uh, I don't know. We I, don't know yet, but I guess the I NHL mean, needs a new supervillain. So, um, yeah, I, dressed I, in black too. Um, mm-hmm. I did have one question. Um, so, Wembenyama coming out for uh, the Spurs now, um, and everybody's gaga over him. Greatest prospect since LeBron. Um, but in France, he's playing one game a week. Um, his his trainers were purposefully not letting him gain weight because they were terrified his knees and ankles would give out. Um, and he might only have a career that's like 10 years long. My beef with Bedard is I haven't found anything like that. It just looks like he might be a perfect player. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about it. Like, he's he's put together, uh, right, like the Bedard. Um, he has his own wrist shot, the way he dangles and combines the wrist shot. They've dubbed it the, the Bedard. 
So I, I mean, I know. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was, I was going to say, like, I wonder if, I mean, they've just started the rebuild. Would getting a Connor Bedard kind of set that off track? Because now you have a player that's just too talented for you to tank anymore. You can't really, you're not going to be able to get these like super high draft picks. They still have a pretty empty prospect pool. I mean, they've got some draft picks here and there, but I I don't know if um this came at really the right time for them. I mean, there's still a chance there's so much in the air. Which I would say is just good news for us. Yeah. As, uh, Red Wings fans and Chicago Black, uh, Blackhawk uh, haters. Um, I did hear maybe a silver lining to bring up uh, the logo here. Uh, this might fire off an opportunity to rebrand uh, this shithole team. Um, <laughs> Relocate them to Cleveland. <laughs> oh, yeah. There you go. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I got to say, like... It is a bummer. There is that uh, exactly what you mentioned there, Jake, uh, is another silver lining that if you hate the Blackhawks, this definitely isn't necessarily the route you want to go. But, um, you know, I still like fuck them. And this is this is where <laughs> this is where I turn into what's his name from succession. And I you come up with points. Logan and Roy. Else. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> <Come on>. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, with that, I mean, uh, moving forward a little bit here, um, I kind of just lined up, you know, this again, seems to be a list that is going all over the place. We have guys that, uh, on some people's mock drafts are going all the way up to four and they'll still, there's the possibility they'll still be at that nine spot. So there's, there's a ton of possibilities for us. Um, but like we've been doing week after week. And I think I, I well, let's run through this and then we'll get into some more juicier topics of possibly moving these picks. Um, but this is this week's mock draft. This is, of course, in the situation for anybody who's on the podcast. Uh, we're presenting picks nine. Uh, it should be 17 now. Of course, we haven't talked about that yet. Go Florida Panthers knocking out the Maple Leafs because now that pick 18 is pick 17. Woo! It's going to make a huge difference. Um, <laughs> now, if you're playing NHL 23... It's going to be easier to move that pick 17 instead of eight. I'm just saying, if you guys are going to redo the draft in next year's game. Uh, but yeah, we'll run through this real quick here. Uh, this week, we'll take a look at Dalibor Dvorsky. Center, five foot 11, 170 pounds. David Reinbacher, uh, Timur Mukhanov, Cameron Allen, and Carson Reckoff. It's going to say Poff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, those, are, those are picks uh, 41, 42, and 43. Um, so Jake, normally what we do here, we're going to go through Scott Wheeler's take, give everybody a short introduction here. There's a lot of words here, but we won't read them all. So it's not fun. Uh, but what Scott Wheeler highlights is, uh, on this last paragraph here, that Dvorsky's a highly talented, intelligent playmaker. And that's for me, I'm going to already pause here. If there's one commonality that we can find, it's either... Well, I'm going to say either already here, like an asshole. It's either we're looking for the unicorn type players that are going to be like those Simon Edmondsons where it's hard to duplicate what you're looking at in a, in a frame, right? The other one we always see is intelligent. But back to Scott Wheeler's take here, who actually takes the time to watch all these guys. That's our little asterisk here, Jake, as to why we, uh, what are we going to do? We're, we can watch highlights on YouTube. What does that do? 
Uh, but Scott says, uh, playmaker who can threaten coverage in a variety of ways, whether it's carving through it in control and finishing cleanly, love the word finishing, uh, from the home plate area, sliding off of coverage to find pockets of space to get open into or drawing coverage and facilitating, does a wonderful job, hanging on to pucks and uh, waiting for options to open is his parenthetical there. He'll occasionally force things, but he usually finds his way through with his skill and strength on pucks and smarts. His statistical profile is really strong, continued progress in his skating. Keep it that way into the NHL. I expect he'll be picked a little lower than this, but I still like him at the edge of the top 10. All right. So again, coming back, he's got the center left wing profile uh, for, for what he's been doing over in the AIK. Six foot one. It's pretty good frame to start with, I would say, uh, from the center left wing part of the conversation here. Uh, it's something that I feel like we, when we're looking at these prospects, we see these higher skilled playmakers. They always come in a little bit smaller, but um, I'll take I'll take the six foot one. When that thing fills out, you're going to get 10, 20 extra pounds on, I'm going to say it, on the Connor Bedards. Um, and that's that's a good thing. If you can't beat them with the skill, try and beat them with some size. Is this yeah, the be all end all? I don't know, but I like it. That was my biggest question with Dvorsky. Does he have that dog in him? If it's an intelligent dog. I mean, there are plenty of them. You know, you got German <laughs> yeah, poodles. name it. Poodles are very intelligent. Yeah. And yeah, they got some sure. bite to them. Yeah. I could tell um, you guys firsthand that Havanese are the dumbest dogs on the planet. There's, uh, They just don't do well. Yeah, this guy sounds like he's going to be a pretty solid prospect. Um, and for me, I always lean towards guys who have like one sexy A plus skill. And this guy kind of feels like a lot of, you know, B's to be, you know, B plus kind of thing. Um, yeah, I mean, he, he could pan out, but I'm, I'm still looking for like a sexy A plus, which it doesn't look like Dvorsky might not have. But I mean, that's kind well, of what you get at number nine. He's at least shown, like I'm looking at the notes here. He's he's shown that he can control the wall and point on the power play. So um, Scott likes his his touch and weight on passes. I mean, if something, if we're going to label him as a playmaker and all the conversation about him revolves around being able to control on the power play and get the puck into the right spot, maybe you're talking about your A-plus on the power play. I like one of the commenters said, if Perron and Bertuzzi had a baby... <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a pretty astute observation there. Ah, uh, it's our boy Righteous. Thank you, Righteous. I I do love that quite a bit. <laughs> uh, Ryan Backer, just to run through this. So this would be uh our pick seventeen. Of course, FC Hockey hasn't updated that, so it's pick eighteen. Um, what Scott's thrown out there? Uh, for me, uh, this is a right-handed defenseman, uh, six foot two. I will add two. I don't know how you guys think about this, but the second you're not drafting in like the top three, I don't care what the needs are. You just kind of go through and see who has the most talent because it's going to be two to three, two to four years, I'd say at best for any of these guys before we see them. So who knows what the needs will look like at that time. Uh, Scott throws in there. Uh, we sometimes see draft eligible D play their full draft year in a professional league. We seldom see them play big minutes in a good league though even when they're on the older side, like Ryan Reinbacher is with his October birthday. That's so cute. 
But that's what the Austrian did in Switzerland's top flight this season. Played over 20 minutes, more often than he played under it. Uh, he even drove results at both ends of those minutes with a positive goal differential and an under 500 team that was outscored pretty significantly. So I think the main thing to land on here, and uh, Wheeler points this out in paragraph two, is that pro size, right? Like this is a guy that with where he's at right now and, a and on the older end, as Scott points out, maybe you're bringing in a right-handed defenseman where you're not playing the four-year game and maybe we're playing the one to two-year game. And that's kind of what I liked about this. This is where I will lean into the timeline. Feels like it should be closer than further away. So let's bring in some prospects that maybe don't wow like Mike wants. But there's enough that is shored up. And on that that size. And damn it all to hell. I preface this by saying like you don't look for filling needs. But God damn it, if he worked out in one to two years, he got a right-handed defenseman. I'm yeah, fill that he need. would uh, he would be a tough one for Iserman because I feel like Iserman would view him as a, a tiny six foot two defenseman compared <laughs> to the the other ends that we have on the blue line. Too um, true. But uh, yeah, I mean, it looks like he's you know going to be a pretty solid you know top four prospect. So yeah, wouldn't wouldn't be uh, I mean, playing in your top four as a prospect, um, yeah, it wouldn't be a terrible pick. Uh, thanks. We have a. <laughs> We have Can't a fourth guest, or a second yeah. guest here, uh, Jared, calling out. Uh, Jake, uh, who's, uh, who's your friend? This is Jimmy, um, not named after Jimmy Howard, um, though um, as much as he'd like to believe it. Um, he really <laughs> likes to make himself the co-host, uh, whether you want to hear him or not. Um, he's really he's like a very opinionated man. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I have a very uh, has... talkative cat too. Had two lapid guy outside, so there we go. Uh, we did. This is actually a good opportunity because uh, we didn't give you this shot at the top, Jake. There, but um, does he does he have an opportunity to guest on the three one three podcast? He has actually shown up multiple times. He's he's quite often uh, appearing like a like a belligerent man wandering into a room. Um, he'll come in, <laughs> speak his mind, and then disappear without a moment's notice. Um, that is, uh, that is of course, Jake's podcast. Uh, Jake, where can we find uh, the three, one, three, you can find three, one, three hockey on any of your favorite podcast platforms. Uh, I will actually, in relation to the draft that we were talking about earlier, there will be a special bitching episode that I'll be Ooh. posting within the next few weeks. We're going to be doing a lot of research into, uh, the Blackhawks and we're going to own them with facts and knowledge. So oh. it's going to be very fun and cool. we're going to be really mean too. So that does sound like fun. <laughs> Um, all right, so we run through these these next few picks because we don't really have the data, and also um, they're second round picks. I know there's people that will mock draft seven rounds. Definitely a crapshoot in my mind. Um, there's research to be done, but uh, you know now we're okay. So now we're talking about uh, Timmer here, uh, diminutive forward with outstanding skating ability, good offensive vision, lack of size, and strength could hold him back. Is a skill to drive. That pro level, uh, Cameron Allen, two-way blue liner with uh, inconsistent hockey sense, who defends well and drives play from the back end. These are mean. You know? and... Yeah. Did you open up a roast page? What is this? Diminutive, <laughs> like. <laughs> uh, projecting as a potential middle pairing defenseman at the NHL level. Wow. Could you imagine hearing that and then also being told? You had inconsistent NHL, hockey man. sense, but also you're going to be a middle pairing defenseman. <laughs> Um, now this one, this is Carson. And of course I, I'm going to take my time here. 
Rekoff, uh, center left wing, shoots left-handed, six foot one, hundred ninety-four pounds. Uh, intriguing blend of size and skill. NHL scouts are faced with quite the dilemma when it comes to assessing the Kitchener Rangers forward Carson Rekoff. On one hand, he has a lot of qualities that would project extremely well in the NHL, such as high-level shot, explosive skating, and positional versatility. On the other hand, his off-puck play and physical engagement level have been hmm. widely inconsistent this year. So who is the real Rekoff? Can I be like, I am all about everything that is a plus for him. And these two issues, physical engagement and uh, anything you want to label as like off puck play can be fixed. If you have trust in your AHL coaching staff, if you have trust in the ECHL to show this guy what it means to be physical, which I do think both of those leagues will do that job. And you trust what you're going to do development-wise, you draft this guy. No problem. I'm a big fan of when players are good and when the bad things are small and or don't exist at all. That's just me, though. Yeah, when the negative oh. is... Yeah, if yeah, they don't have any negatives, uh, I'll, I'll go for those. <laughs> <laughs> no, the, uh, I mean, this guy, he sings, uh, he sings to me. This is exactly what I'm looking for. Uh, things that I feel like you can coach, which is, yeah, you know, can you just do it all the time? So if he's he's got the high level shot, he's got the explosive skating ability. Yeah, I'll I'll try and you know I'll, I'll get you to the NHL, and you just got to give it to me, give it for us every night. So yeah, this, the, uh, this looks like a the Atu pretty, pretty seductive uh, description here. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Ratu. Ratu. Yeah. Yeah. Sing it for me. Mm mm mm. Um. All right, let's. Uh, Sebastian Cosa had a a, a nice time playing. Um, was he at the San Diego our... Chargers? Where was he? He was at the Toledo Walleye. All right, the Walleyes. Okay. <laughs> I like the powder blue. Um, Looks good. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't he look beautiful there? Uh, I actually, um, I kind of wanted to bring this up because I thought this was interesting. But we do have uh, we have some ads to run through. So you guys, we will be right back. Uh, but when we come back, we'll talk Sebastian Cosa, and then we'll talk about maybe stealing from the hated Maple Leafs. All right. We'll be right back. Light the lamp during the hockey playoffs with DraftKings Sportsbook. Right now, new customers can make a $5 bet and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. And if you're not a new customer, I am on that thing every night with those quick same game parlays you can put together. Uh, one of them I was just looking at. You go tonight, you got Colorado, you get a line. You get a Miko Ratnan goal, and boom, three things that, of course, gets against Seattle. It feels pretty good that's going to happen. Uh, that's just one of the many things that are on there, and they build up those little same-game parlays. Guess what? You're going to make a little bit more money because you're combining all of these things that are probably going to happen. feels pretty good. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with code THPN. New customers can make a $5 Hockey playoff bet and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in Massachusetts. Call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. In New York, call 877-8-H-O-P-E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y for 67369. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700 on behalf of Boothill Casino and Resort. 21 and over in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for offer details. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. 
Let's face it, with coffee starting at $5, yes, even without any customizations, and our bank account somehow always depleting, we are officially entering a dupe session. Most products do the same thing, but are priced differently, solely based on the brand name. Huh. So, a good duplicate, or dupe, is crucial for getting the highest quality and the best price. One dupe you definitely shouldn't sleep on, Raycon wireless earbuds. I use them myself. I'm using them every single day. This is not a wish joke here. You are getting high quality buds for not the cost of some of those other suckers that are out there. Raycon is premium audio at the perfect price point. So you can listen to what you want when you want without breaking the bank. Raycon's mission is to prove that you shouldn't have to pay an arm and a leg for quality sound and essential smart tech listening features. You can get a pair and a spare, still pay less than you would with some of those other more big name tech brands out there. Raycon knows that in this economy, every purchase needs to be perfect. They offer buy now, pay later options. Right now, you can pay as low as $18 at checkout and you'll be listening to high quality sound. They have an easy free return guarantee. They offer two years of product protection. They offer free domestic shipping and flat-free international shipping. They have over 50,000 five-star reviews. Like I said, I'm using it myself. Metallica just came out with a new album. You know what I could have done? Could have listened to it in my car. No, I waited till I got home so I could put those earbuds on and jam out properly. You got those three customizable sound profiles, the earbud tap functions. Oh my gosh, listening to a podcast and just tapping that sucker a few times and moving up to the more interesting parts. Hey, skip it over commercials, right? Maybe I shouldn't key on that, but hell. Uh, and noise isolation. If you want to take advantage of all of those fun features and the price point, go to buyraycon.com slash THPN today to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score 15% off by Raycon.com slash THPN. Okay. Um, you know what? That four minutes felt a lot longer watching Jake's face. <laughs> I, I work in advertising for my day job. So like, Hearing ads just sends me into this dissociative state. <laughs> a million mile stare. <laughs> well, um, yeah, as uh, I was, we were halfway through the DraftKings ad, and I realized I was playing our ad from uh, almost a month ago. I was letting everybody know to bet on the Avalanche because uh, they've yeah, great got a call sure there. Path to the cup. <laughs> um, <laughs> Pretty good ads right now. Speaking of uh, championships, like we uh, kind of teased there. Sebastian Kosa uh, tallied a career best in saves on Wednesday, recording 43 uh, saves on 44 shots throughout this postseason as the Toledo Walleye posted on their Twitter. Twitter, Twitter. Uh, Kosa has a 4-0 record with a 1.25 goals against average. Remember, he was um, a bust. Yeah, I was told he was like bad. Two games in. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, did you guys see uh, straight out of uh, being drafted his first chance uh, in training camp two years ago against uh, pro-level hockey players? Didn't yeah, go great. Yeah, him to Chicago. Was it? When do they get a break, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I'm interested. Like, this, there, there sounds like Kosa has an idea of a definite plan for Kosa, right? Like he said, this isn't verbatim. Let's paraphrase here. I'm going to kick the shit out of everybody in the ECHL. 
And I'm going to do the same thing in the AHL and then I'll be up in the NHL. Yeah, that's what he told Is me that... too, um, you know, as a friend of the show. <laughs> oh, perfect. <laughs> word for word, verbatim. <laughs> um, now, at what point have we seen enough with Kosa and knowing how crazy goaltending can be year to year for everyone. Is there, is there a point that this looks juicy enough that you just, you give it a shot and I'm not saying I'm quite there. Maybe we're talking about juicy enough means there's you're in a Vegas golden Knights situation and you're just calling up whoever's left to play. But um, yeah, to that point, I mean, I clearly he made his, his point without using the word fuck. He was very professional. Uh, yeah. So I think he's got a good head on his shoulders to actually make that point and say, no, this is about me proving myself on each level. If you see a good start next year in the AHL, and this sort of looks like it's building momentum, how do you feel? Well, we got one year left on the Huso contract by then, and assuming he's still good, I mean, you could slowly transition him into a backup role and then maybe 1A, 1B if he continues to crush it. Um, I think it also depends on where the team's at too. You know, yeah, do you do you throw him into the fire question. with playoff hopes on the line, or like, do you kind of ease him into it? You know, that is a great yeah, point. It's, I, it's go ahead, where I'd almost say uh, I I wish the hockey would take a little a little bit more of a page out of baseball's book, where baseball in the last year or two, um, and we've talked about it a little bit. They're calling guys up from Double A because they're like, well. We need a hitter, and this guy's hitting like 400 against pretty good talent. So it's almost like Kosa is already starting to cook, and it's like, well, do we want him to cook in Grand Rapids? Or, I mean, this Red Wing team is not like, you know, desperate for points in the regular season, and this guy's showing some acumen. So maybe we do kind of just throw him in the fire. Um, and goaltending, it just seems so hit and miss where it's almost like every other year these guys are having like complete career resets outside of like the Vasilevskis, where it's like, I I guess we could see what we got. Maybe that's a little bit more of an extreme approach, but yeah, I, doing crazy, putting up crazy numbers right now. Yeah, it's I, I just it wouldn't be that crazy for me for him to get called up to Detroit like next season. I I you know he's just going to be stopping pucks and he's still going to be six foot six. So now he's just going to be wearing a you know red jersey instead of a bright beautiful blue powder jersey. <laughs> Yeah, Jim Johnson throws out there two years in Grand Rapids and should be ready for the NHL. Um, I mean, I you know what? If I could say too, I don't I don't know if there would be a rush, right? Um, to bring him up. I don't I don't think we could we could all give a hot take here. Um I don't know if we're definite for the playoffs next year. So um you know, what do you bring Kosa up for is just to see what he looks like. And at that point, is that even the game I'm playing right now? But again, Jake, to your point, if you're in a playoff push, you have some meaningful games. Maybe Hosa does go down. Is that the point where you're, do you want to, you want to see what happens? You're going to roll through maybe a first round like the New Jersey Devils did with uh, Akira and uh, maybe it's, yeah, I mean, when he gets called up, right, they're going to want to know that he can already know how to play the boards. He can, you know, call out, you know, make some helpful, you know, calls for, you know, the defense. But it's almost like in pitching. Like, can you throw 100 miles an hour? Well, then you can probably strike out, you know, guys at the major league level. Are you six foot six and you already take up most of the goal? Like, when we <laughs> play goalie as little kids, 
and you're stopping like almost every single shot that you're seeing. Well, yeah, I mean, kid, can you play the boards a little bit? Yeah, throw me in there, coach. So it's almost like it's not that, you know, out of the you know realm of reason to see him getting called up sooner than that. You know, that two-year window that I think somebody pitched. Yeah, I mean that's that's definitely a a good point. You you would wonder though, like well, Malone's I mean, how do you point? unseat Magnus? You know, whoa, <laughs> yeah, huge <laughs> shoes to fill. <laughs> well, well yeah, yeah, they are kind of big shoes, honestly. Chewy um, uh, threw out there, who is the backup next year? Because uh, I believe we've got Ned off the books. I'm pretty sure Helberg's contract is up too. So, yeah, I think yeah, they're too. both they're both out. Um, I don't know. They might bring one of them back. I don't know. Um, I think Eiserman said in his like closing press conference that he didn't mind the thought of either of them, but he'd have to make a decision. If not, um, I'm trying to pull up the upcoming free agents so we can take a little peek at what kind of goalies are available. And, and by the way, I know my idea is wild because what they're going to want to do is make sure that Kosa can play, you know, 60 games every single game and, you know, not have him play hot potato with Uso every other game. So. Maybe we pick up 37-year-old Jonathan Quick. (laughs) (laughs) Whisper those sweet nothings. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking at the list right now. It's uh it's slim pickings. You got you can pick from, you know, Cam Talbot to uh Freddie Anderson might not be the worst idea, but he also might, you know, be able to score a starting job. Aiden Hill, I'd I'd be okay with Aiden Hill. Um Jonas Corpusalo. Jim Johnson throws out there Aiden Hill or Corpusalo. He was doing good for Vegas, or he is doing good for Vegas right now. I wanted to propose maybe we'll get a backup by taking on a contract that Toronto would like to get off the books. And we just get a shithole backup in Matt Murray. What do you think? That, of course, coming off the point here, um, Frank Saravelli, um where Kyle Dubas has said uh, potentially trading one of the core four uh, for a seismic roster move this summer that uh, Dubas won't take anything off the table. Of course, uh, our friend down goes Brown. This is of course uh, the right answer to that question. Uh, finally glad to hear it given. Now I, that's, that was my horrible transition into this conversation, um, but it wouldn't hurt. It wouldn't hurt to say, Maybe we don't want to give up too many things, but we'll take this awful contract that you probably shouldn't have traded for in Matt Murray off your books. Uh, but you will also give us a Nylander, a Mitch Marner. Yeah, I listen, I, I love a good clickbait um, article, tweet, you know, paragraph at the bottom of a free article. Uh, <laughs> but it's, uh, I mean, that's that's going to be a, like a one for one trade where we'd have to give up some pretty juicy stuff, I think, to be trying to pillage from Toronto. We'd be giving up our some of our sweet, sweet prospects, and, you know, Eisman likes those first-round picks. So I I just I can't get my hopes up too high for that. I saw a pretty uh, pretty bad article by the hockey writers. Um, shout out to, <laughs> shout out to <laughs> them. Um, it was a, a Leafs writer said that the Wings should grab Matt Murray and that it would cost them a mid-round draft pick. And I'm like, cost who? Whoa! Cost who? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I am not taking Matt Murray unless you are getting a, a hefty sum in return. And I get the feeling that if 
they're going to trade a guy like Marner, they're going to look at, uh, you know, somebody of his caliber or higher. So you're looking at like one of those, you know, perennial 90 something point players. Um, is, is there enough in your guys's opinion with what the Red Wings have, is there anything they could put together? Cause you're right, Jake, they don't like the first round picks could move. Maybe that's what we do to get ourselves over on somebody else's offer. But if this was something, and I'm talking, if this is seismic, it goes both ways because you're breaking up maybe like a timeline, you're breaking up um, future plans. But you're talking about, and I'm trying to match up positions here too, but if they see enough in like Lucas Raymond, of course, they're taking a lot of money off the books. You're talking about maybe a Simon Edmondson being tossed in there probably an ask for a Moritz cider. That's pretty hefty. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you're talking I, about like key uh, building blocks of this rebuild. And I, while, I would go ahead. Yeah. While, while I'm a big, like Mitch Marner fan, I think he's like a good player. I don't think that he's going to be, you know, the 90 to hundred point player that he was with Toronto. If you put him say on Dylan Larkin's wing. You know, when you're when you're getting when you're feeding Austin Matthews left and right, like, of course, you're going to be putting up points like crazy. I wonder if they're going to look at a guy like Miko Rantanen from uh, Colorado and if they're just going to do a straight one on one for him. Um, Mm. But my pause with Colorado is I feel like with them losing Landis Cog that they're they're going to be the ones trying to trade away as much as they have in their prospects and draft picks to try and. Mm fill out those fill you know fill out the top six again so i i do love that idea i do love me some miko um i just to play off uh to play off the dubis uh quotes i i i will say i think that is a conversation that dubis listens to but mike and i, I want to get your take but I I, I I don't know it scares me to be honest but it is I, it is the conversation that I, I my ears wiggle, you know, in like the old Disney cartoons when the when the bunnies could hear the other bunnies and you'd see the little kick. I uh, I would say don't be too afraid. Um, I'm pretty sure the only conversations Dubas is going to be taking are from Colorado um, to do one for one trades. I don't think the Red Wings really have the guns to, um, you know, be swinging these massive player acquisitions um, uh, unless. You know, you're telling me that they're in the negotiating room with Matthews and he suddenly becomes like an NBA diva and says, you trade me. I'm not playing here next season. I'm done. Um, it would I think it would take that kind of emotional, um, you know, and only playing in Detroit. Yeah, um, exactly. And then, uh, I mean, it would be, uh, you know, I'm also wondering, most of the future. I'm also wondering if Kyle Dubas is even going to be there next year. He said in his press mm-hmm. conference that he's like, I'm going to take the week off and then I'm going to talk to my family about what we want to do. Because I don't know if you saw any of the videos, but uh, it was very emotionally taxing on him, apparently. He's like yeah. screaming at fans in the stands, like, you know, having, having mental breakdowns, uh, watching these games. Like, I kind of think that he needs yes. to go back to his day job of being the lead singer of Weezer. Yeah. <laughs> um. I mean, there's something too, like Detroit Lion-itis, right? Which the Toronto Maple Leaf fans can definitely, you know, um, um, empathize with because it just seems like you're jinxed. Um, that's where I feel like you'd, you'd get some, you know, emotional requests for a trade where it's like, I just can't do this anymore. 
please, I want to win a cup, you know, before I'm in my thirties and it's too late and I'm just on the coattails somewhere. Um, you know, at, at age 38, getting paid a mill, you know, to be on the coattails of a good team. Um, so that, that's kind of the Red Wings best shot at one of these superstars bundling first round picks. And then, yeah, you'd have to get rid of two, two dudes you like a lot, an NHL guy, like a Raymond and a prospect that you love. Now we have seen, uh, here in the chat, I'm trying to, sorry, I have uh, two things going on here. Um, Jim threw out there coming back to, uh, when the Winnipeg Jets got eliminated, uh, we talked about this, uh, we highlighted uh, Nikolai Ellers. Uh, Jim throws out there Kyle Connor or Shifley. Shifley was actually um, one of the points from our buddy Max Boltman today uh, on The Athletic. He released an article for a couple more of these trade targets. I know Kyle Connor um, has the, the, hometown uh, the, home, the hometown connections. Uh, Shifley is just this conversation of like, do you want to add 40 goals? Do you want to add a minus 40 as well? Shifley's your man. Um, so it's, uh, you know, it's one of those things like you almost are willing to trade it if you can get the right coach, which I think we trust alone, uh, to manage Shifley uh, and what's going on with the ice time there. That's something we've actually been pretty hot on is uh, um, always thinking about these players that are issues defensively and knowing that there's a way that you can manage when they hit the ice. Um just to kind of limit whatever those issues are. But I did talk over you there, Jake. What were you going to say? Yeah, I'm, I'm even wondering about, like, uh, Clayton Keller in Arizona. There was actually a very interesting tweet today. Clayton Keller's dad replied to a Greg Wyshynski tweet about the Arizona Coyotes and their arena um, clown show. Oh, my gosh. And he yes. was like, uh, Clayton will not be coming next year. He will not be playing in Arizona next year. <laughs> Along with other, uh, other players. Mm-hmm. That is, yeah, that was, that was pretty wild. Um, for anybody that, that doesn't know, um, yeah, Arizona, um, what do we say? Tempe did not vote, uh, to start this $2 billion project, uh, for an entertainment center that would also include, uh, a $1.9 billion investment, we'll say, uh, from the ownership team. So it wasn't even going to be completely on the city. Uh, so they were just like, no. Get these fucking coyotes out of here. See, uh, which is just crazy. Thing. I feel like it wasn't even like votes against that. It was just nobody showed up to vote, which is arguably worse because I don't think anybody cares. The only people you ever see in Arizona are wearing Red Wing jerseys. Not to pat ourselves on the back, but it's usually Red Wing fans out there. Yeah. I mean, there's there's definitely like you want to show some sympathy there. We've had uh, some Arizona Coyote podcast guesting before and the fans fan hard for them. Yeah. Like, yeah. Poor guys like all seven of them, you know, yeah. I mean, no. if they were if they were like a legit pretty good team, like, I mean, you, you look at a team like Carolina or Florida where they used to struggle to sell out their arenas and now they're packed to the brim uh, every game. I mean, obviously, a good team is going to attract good, you know good fan base but i feel like they just cannot catch a break out there and at this point do you do you keep them in arizona or do you let them fly off to greener pastures or whiter tundras up in canada i was thinking milwaukee oh i, I, I like that one yeah because then you you know we've done the quebec city experiment i'm over it that's a such a safe bet that's like opening a leather shop in arizona you know 
Oh wow, of course it's gonna be a hit. Or like a like a brewery in Grand Rapids. Oh wow, that's gonna be a hit. <laughs> um you put a hockey team in Milwaukee though, and you've got an immediate rivalry with Minnesota, Detroit, and Chicago. I mean, they're they're right in that Bermuda triangle of hockey fanatics. Um and it could get ugly. It could get pretty too. Who knows? <laughs> I uh I do really like that. I know the other city too we haven't said yet was uh Houston, which I think the game they play there is just that there's so many people, they're gonna run into enough willing participants <laughs> for the franchise. Um, which is kind of like when you look at those graphs, like that kind of looks like what they've been trying to do uh, with some of their, you know, the the Gary Bettman fingers crossed. Uh, speaking of which, guys, uh, Gary celebrated a very Fart in the wind. Um, anniversary, his 30 years with the NHL, the longest tenured commissioner in professional sports. Uh, I don't know. Are we ready to say the fifth, number five in U.S. sports at this point? Can we all agree? That, I mean, soccer has usurped. I want to know how long all of these other, um, you know, commissioners have been around, like Adam Silver, Roger Goodell. Uh, who's yeah, it feels like Goodell should Rob be up Andrew. there. Yeah, Goodell's, Goodell's probably been around for a minute. Yeah, Adam Silver started in 2014. Um, Goodell's got to be like 15 years, I feel like. Batman's been around since 93. Manfred's been since 2015. Uh, let me see. But yeah. Goodell started in 2006. Yeah. Sheesh. Wow. So this guy, uh, sure, he must just be really good at polishing the knobs of owners, right? Surely. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. God. 30 years of polishing knobs. We do that graphic a little bit. Um, Is there anything that you got? I mean, this is the question, right? Like, right now, we're moments in the NHL is, career. Yeah, so the, the NHL is celebrating this. What is there anything you could possibly think of if you're, you're you could rack your brain right now? That is gone right. Thanks to Gary, is not horrible. Um, right, like, Seattle and Vegas. Can we get yeah, credit for that? There's there's big success there. I like the fact that the cup hasn't been lifted in Canada in pretty much. <laughs> I think that's pretty cool. That's good decision making. Um, yeah. No. I, they like, finally did. My God, they finally uh, transitioned over to ESPN. Um, no. It only took them basically 30 years to figure it out to be on the main sports network for the whole country. Um, <laughs> yeah, they're they're slowly but surely maybe catching up to where they should have been 15 years ago. Yeah, they are going to have to redo their jersey deals. Uh, how, how long do we have on those, Matt? Oh, my God. Oh, you mean after Fanatics runs out? <laughs> after 30 years, the Fanatics? If they run out of upside-down Red Wing logo jerseys? What's going to yeah. last longer, the Fanatics deal or Gary Bettman? <laughs> Gary All Bettman, right, so he's the... like that WWE commercial, like then, now, forever. He's never going away. Well, that that'll be it, though, right? Like they they might see. Like that's the thing. Like the NHL has always depended on the super fan, right? Like they they make the argument. Like think about that ESPN game at ten o'clock and the 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 quote that I saw being thrown out by an anonymous source was, "Real <laughs> hockey fans will watch that ten o'clock Connor McDavid game." And it's like, mm, you know is that I the goal of? Going is, to ESPN was yeah, to only bring over the real hockey fans, or are we trying to expand this game? <laughs> that's another thing that drove me, that's been driving me crazy, is you'll notice a lot of Canadian fans are, like, very upset about the current Final Four. 
And they're like, oh, well, it's on, you know, like nobody's going to watch those games. Nobody wants to see that. And I'm like, oh, dang, dude, maybe build a better team next time. Next time. Yeah. Yeah. Like, sheesh. No, I mean, all, all I can think about is um, Hulk Hogan body slamming Gary Bettman in the ashes of the Silver Dome. That's, that's all I can think about. <laughs> Um, but I was on that Fanatics jersey point. If uh, if Gary's done right by these teams um, and making sure that they were benefiting, that could be that could be a breaking point for fans if they aren't happy with uh, with that output. Because um, again, uh, to come back to the hardcore fan and to say that that's where their focus always is, the hardcore fan is already furious about this, and they've all made their statement: "I'm not buying another jersey now." Or they're stocking up on the prime green blank ones right now, so they can get, you can get your Casper later. Um, <laughs> so to that end, maybe they've they've burned the hardcore fan. They have no interest in bringing in new fans. So that could be the end of Gare Bear. Oh, and Matt, throw in uh, uh, one of our favorite buddies is here. Curtis got a pretty good comment. Hi guys, Jim is right. Fatman is a bum, and the player safety department is a Ooh. total joke. Good old player safety department. Yeah, for real. Oof. All right. Well, I saw Blake's first half. Um, he, he's never done anything for me. Uh, Chewie goes out there and needed to replace Batman. Um, <laughs> True. There hasn't been a good Canadian team since 2004. Blake That's not true. That's not true. 2019, the Raptors won the NBA title. <laughs> um on the there load management project is yeah. over all right what else do we have in the slides here um the one thing uh we didn't bring up and i used uh one of our conversations about batman to to bring up this point but um everybody's talking about blowing up uh blowing up the leafs here it's uh nobody's talking about blowing up uh connor mcdavid's team ken holland's team is there anything here that you want? Oh, let me see. Well, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's this guy. Uh, I hear he's pretty good. Um, Leon Dreisaitl. I hear he's pretty all right. Um. <laughs> the name Hyman still makes me laugh. <laughs> what, what, what was your uh, question, man? Sorry. I, I wondered if there's anything here juicy enough to, to at least give Kenny a call. You know, say what's up. Because obviously you'd you'd want Dreisaitl and McDavid, but I guess has I Kenny tried. just done such a poor job building around those two that he's just stuck with what he's got, and he's just got to keep turning over the unrestricted free agents and crossing his fingers. Who let bro cook? <laughs> like the more I'm looking at this roster, the more I just have so many questions. Like that's a rough one. It's just, it's very top heavy. It's its very much like, here are all of these amazing players and then a couple pretty good depth pieces, but there's like, the supporting cast is just leaving a lot to be desired. Yeah, it's... Is there, uh, is there any wiggle to your noodle uh, for Ekholm or no? I don't think Ekholm's going anywhere. That was, that's actually a very good deal for Kenny Boy. That was, that might've been his best move, I think, since he um came over to Edmonton. Yeah, and you, you'd have to get to the point to like, if they maybe if they were out in the first round and they were really bringing the pitchforks uh, fan wise, I think that's when they get a little more desperate. But I think they still get to say like, 
conference finals last year, second round this year, we're feeling pretty good. It's just, we've been playing this game week after week of, all right, who's been eliminated. Let's see if we could, let's see if we could steal from their roster. And it just brought this, I don't know, like from a, from an NHL fan perspective and you know, like this year and last year, we got that close taste. Like, Oh man, wouldn't it be great to see the best hockey player of this generation Probably the, the best athlete the currently playing right now. Like, yeah, like he is just the most dominant athlete in all of sports. Um, see him in a, in the game, the games that matter, the Stanley Cup Finals, right? And we didn't get it. And seeing this know, just made me mad and sad that I don't know. I didn't, I didn't realize like how much. Um, I don't want to call it like cap space, but like when you compare this to like the blue um, Maple Leafs roster. I mean, they're, they're filled with like four or five guys like making 10 mil and it's basically McDavid and Dreisaitl kind of, I, yeah, I, I kind of have that same epiphany. I didn't realize it was that, that devoid of depth. Dreisaitl's like a dog in the playoffs though. I mean, like, yeah, I, I think he might be like the best, I think, I think a good friend Prashant Iyer one uh, said something about like <laughs> how he's like one of the top three highest scoring players in the playoffs, like of all time, which is crazy to me. Yeah, his um, uh this eight point five million dollar <laughs> contract, which we're not petting, you know, it's not a Ken Holland thing, but that contract might be the best contract bargain. In, in yeah, all of sports. Best bargain. Yeah. And it's immediately offset by Darnell Nurse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like like not even a second of hesitation. Uh Curtis thrown out there is the Oilers struggle. Just karma for signing a Vander Kane twice. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Good timing on that one. That's good. That's great comedic timing, actually. I'm going to give you a great. Um, all right. So we are running out of things to talk about. There was uh, one thing we kind of discussed uh, before we started recording. And um, where are we at? What's the time? 50. Okay. So we're almost at an hour. Um, basically, so we have two minutes here. I don't know if we want to get too deep. Uh, we're talking about uh, GM. Great time to start. We're going to talk favorite religion. Jake, uh, favorite religion. No, go ahead. <laughs> you know what? You're right. Let's let's make this easy. We're, we're going to we'll tease this. Uh, Mike and I will talk about um, next week. We'll talk about Steve Eiserman and uh, uh, comparing him across the league. But uh, Jake was our guest who was supposed to talk Elden Ring with me. That's oh where I was going. I just started my first okay. playthrough. But I was going to ask him, did you get the new um, Elden Ring, the really easy DLC? I didn't know they had a really easy DLC. It's, uh, oh, it goes by Zelda. It's that new oh, movie. yeah, yeah. I started uh, yeah. I'm, I'm play I played it a little bit, and I was like, wow, this reminds me of Elden Ring. And yeah. then the itch came back again. Every single time I played a new game, <laughs> it reminds me of Elden Ring. Oh, man. I'm, I'm, I'm now I... on the fifth playthrough. I do a different build every time. Um, oh, you got three on me. I only did two full playthroughs. I can't. I can't I'm, help it. I'm. I'm addicted. Because you're not. You're not on the show all the time. If you could give, I don't know, maybe a, a two to three sentence endorsement for Matt to pick it up again. I know you got two kids, Matt, but you got to get back into this greatest game ever made. Jake, how can you seduce Matt into Elden Ring? Um, get good. <laughs> um, try a new build, and um. Return to the land bathed in rays of gold. Oh man, I was gonna man. go with some other deep. I was gonna say uh, something about Melania, but you know, <laughs> what can I say that hasn't already been said? Yeah. <laughs> I I do want to. I do want to do it right. 
I can't, it's just the the goddamn kids. I can't, I can't I can't get good. Get them to get, play. Ooh, yeah. I got uh, I got my daughter to to beat her first video game, which was she's uh, going on four this summer. So I don't. That's that's too early to say. Oh, four. what game was she's it? Three Bloodborne. Yes. No, it's uh, the Astros uh, Astros Playroom, the free game on uh, PlayStation Five. Oh, okay. Uh, oh. Which I that's a really good game. I know that's uh, you know difficulty level not quite up to par with what you guys are used to, but. Uh, I think you need to see. She's proud, such a Disney Papa. fan. I think you need to see if she's a prodigy and give her some Throwing of the Kingdom Genesis Heart. like Disney games. Like, see if she can beat Lion King. <laughs> <laughs> see if she can beat that fucking Steamboat Willie Mickey Mouse game that we can oh. never beat. That was the first game we actually played. Was the combo give her a land without any cheat codes, Matt? See what kind of daughter you have. <laughs> All right, I I promise I will re-download. Those Elden games Ring are fr- those games will be free, but the therapy she's gonna need afterwards. <laughs> Why do people play these? <laughs> uh, she'll be right on par with her dad. All right, so uh, wrap it up. Um, Jake, can't thank you enough. Uh, we can find you at Rivard.hl for everybody who's watching on YouTube. You can see it now. That is at R I V A R D N H L, and. Uh, the 313 Hockey Podcast, as you stated before, Jake, find it anywhere uh, podcasts, find podcasts are sold. Um, at the podcast free. store. Yeah, at the podcast store. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jake, can't thank you enough for coming along. Uh, I had some fun. It's nice mixing it up with a third opinion here. Um, and we'd love to have you back. Uh, maybe I'll remember to bring up Elden Ring earlier in the show. Yeah, yeah we can do that. <laughs> All right. Next time you're All back, right. I will have one playthrough done. That's well, right. I'm so holding you to five years. Five we'll years see, from now, Jake. Oh, we'll see you in eighty hours. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Get yourself a babysitter. <laughs> All right. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. You guys have a good one. Peace.